Hi, everyone. I'm Scott Branley. And I'm Alicia Coakley. Every member of the church has a story to share, one that can instill faith, invite growth, and inspire others. On today's episode, we're going to learn how one couple's willingness to serve the Lord put them in position to witness incredible miracles. Welcome to Latter-day Lights. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Latter-day Lights. We're so glad you're here with us today, and you are in for a special treat because we have some really good friends of ours, Bryce and Jenny Allen, on the show today. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing very well. (laughs) Awesome. Are you getting your fill of corn out there in Nebraska? (laughs) You have no idea. (laughs) They're obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) Really? All of your kiddos are eating it all? That's so funny. Oh, my yeah, goodness. so Bryce and Jenny, they and Alicia, we all used to be in the same ward together. Mm-hmm. And Alicia obviously moved to Texas, and Bryce and Jenny now live in Nebraska. So we're yeah. in different parts of the country, but we're still buddies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool because Bryce, uh, we were just talking about how you stumbled across our show and everything like that, and you just happened to see it on Facebook a few months ago. And then you just went on and on about how amazing I was as a host and how, like, I just carry the – no, I'm just joking. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I mean, you are. Awkward silence. (laughs) Just looking at the success of your program, you definitely are. So, so, yeah. I think it is a very, very good compliment for you there. Scott, you're you're doing great. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) Oh. No, it is it is so fun being able to sit down and talk to you guys again. I'm really looking forward to this story that you're going to share today because I have no idea, like, I haven't heard it. Like, you didn't – I know you mentioned maybe sharing it with, with Scott before, but it's been such I a might long have time. In all of our, tri- you know, different camps and treks that we did while we were there, yeah. Scott, while you were in the bishopric. And, yeah. And I was so. just there. <laughs> <laughs> So I always love hearing stories from friends, you know, it just kind of like adds to like that layer of friendship. I'm like, Ooh, I know even more about them now. (laughs) So I'm really excited about that. But for our listeners, why don't you guys tell everyone a little bit about yourselves? You want to start? I'll start. So (laughs) Bryce and I are from Utah originally. Um, We met at Snow College and then went to Utah State where we finished up our bachelor's degrees. And then um, I got a degree in accounting, um, but Bryce got a degree in (laughs) in technical theater. I I have a a bachelor's of fine arts in stage management and theater technology and a master's of fine arts in um, uh, technical direction and audio design, sound design. So So in in, uh, in layman's terms, he gets to blow (laughs) things up legally. Blow well, things up and make Peter Pan fly. But, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I build, um, I, well, I, I teach my students and I still do on this as well. I teach students how to build scenery and props and do live uh, special effects and rigging for live theatrical performance. Um, that's, so cool. that's, that's what I do. I, I, yeah, I, I teach kids how to make Peter Pan fly. I guess you can call me Tinkerbell, but um <laughs> Uh, I, that's what I do. <laughs> and I work behind the scenes for his behind the scenes, and I provide background support, helping him however I can. Have 
our whole marriage. And yeah, it, the story we're going to share is one that I actually got to go and I got to participate and witness. And because a lot of times he goes and he does all these things and he tells me all these stories and I'm like, mm-hmm. that would have been great. But <laughs> I actually got to participate in this one. Nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that works backstage that you never, ever see. Um, unless things go wrong. Unless things go wrong. There you go. <laughs> things don't go wrong in the theater. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we met at Snow where I was working in the theater there. And then we went to yeah, Utah, Utah State and did State, theater. And, and, then, and then we... Um, I worked at the, the Utah Festival Opera there in Logan, Utah for a number of years. And then we decided kind of out of... Well, for me, it felt like out of the blue. We went to a theater conference in March, we had been graduated for almost a year. This was back in what? 2000, 2007. Seven, yeah. yeah. And he called me and said, I think I'm going to grad school this fall. And I'm like, what? <laughs> we had talked about possibly sometime in the future. Yeah. He, he called and said that he, his portfolio had gotten a lot of people interested in his skills and and so we kind of in the course of about two weeks decided that we were going to pack up and leave home, leave the home and safety of Utah where we've both grown up and, and go to Illinois. Yeah. Went to, went to go to my grad school and at Southern Illinois university in Carbondale where I got my MFA mm-hmm. there. So wow. this was before we met, we met any of you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then you guys, you guys have kids. Yes, yes. We, have, we have four kids, ages fifteen to four, so and our son is the oldest, and we have three girls. Yep, and, um, and your Scott's girls are daughter, adorable. Scott's <laughs> daughter Clarissa was kind of our other daughter when we were in Ogden until she left on her mission. She was our, you know, I need a babysitter. I'm going to call Clarissa. Well, she was so, literally our Trek daughter. Yeah, she was our our daughter <laughs> one one summer on Trek. So. Yeah. And she, she's everybody's favorite. We all love her. Like, I know that I've, I've coupled up Grace and Jack and, you know, like I have already talked about how (laughs) I've I've given Scott the cows and all of that stuff to have that arranged marriage happen. (laughs) But I have a fallback with Clarissa and I'm like, you know, I know she's older, but maybe my boys will be interested in older women and that (laughs) I'll take her on as a daughter too. (laughs) Like I said, she needs to come join my program here at university of Nebraska. So come to the Johnny yeah, Carson School Theater would that. that would be so Become fun. a costume designer or a props artisan or something. Oh, that would Scenic be painter. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. But, but yeah, that's, that's that's where we ended. Was in- yep. And I mean, in, from Illinois, we went to St. Louis, Missouri for about four years. And then back to Ogden. We were there for about seven years. And now we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. Missed the mountains. Yeah, we missed the mountains. Yeah. But We've corn does not replace the mountains. No, <laughs> but it's really green and beautiful here. Yeah. Oh, and the nice. fireflies are beautiful. Like <laughs> fireflies at sunset are pretty awesome. That's so, so cool. yeah, we definitely don't have those here. So yeah. Well, cool. And, um, so the story you're telling today is from when you were in St. Louis. Is that yes. Right? Yes. When we were, before we moved back to Ogden and met, met you guys. Um, it actually sort of, you know, go, going through for the path of where we ended up when we were in St. Louis was actually a little bit of the miracles itself. Um, my last year of graduate school, we, you know, it's, it's a crunch time, got to find a job. I had a, had a, a wife to support and the kid, uh, Owen was what, a year two, and a half. two year and a half, two years old at the time. 
Um, and uh, Maylin hadn't joined us yet, but uh, you know, so I was graduating and you're, you're, you're it's crunch time, got to find a job. You know, you can't just go to school for the rest of your life right. as much as we want to, I guess, and some of us, but um, uh, so I was really heavily looking for jobs. Um, I had signed up to do an internship at a company out in central California um, that I had friends that worked there and I had gone out there to do a three week internship. Um, uh, more of a, not really an internship, more of a guest artist, artist residence type thing to do some work out there with them. Um, and uh, uh, you know, we're just trying to get, just trying to get done with school and grades. Um, and we had applied, he'd applied for a couple jobs, mm-hmm. job postings. And- there is some in, in Montana, some in New York, some, uh, you Ohio. know, Ohio. Uh, I think there was one in, in Washington, Washington state. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, I had got, got lucky and I had, a uh, someone call me back from St. Louis university in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, which come, is only about come, two hours from where we lived in Southern Illinois. Yeah, about two hours. Oh, okay. The nearest airport. Let's yeah. Yeah, really. It was the nearest <laughs> airport it was two hours away. Um, Southern Illinois is pretty sparse. There's not a lot down there. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, so I had this interview lined up. Um, and I was supposed to leave, uh, to go up there on a, on when, on a Wednesday night. And the interview was a two day interview. So it was going to happen Thursday and Friday. And then I was, uh, going to come back on you know, late Friday night or it was, or it was like early Saturday morning. I can't recall now. Um, and, uh, I was excited about it, really excited about this, this job interview. Cause it was really the first one I had as a, you know, as getting my first job out of school, you know, getting a, getting a career going. And, mm-hmm. um, Sunday morning, Saturday morning. Um, yeah, Saturday morning. It was Saturday. Saturday morning. morning. No, it was Sunday morning. No, it was Saturday morning. You were at work. Oh yeah, that's right. I was. I they had brought me in um, <laughs> to do a. Uh, that's why I keep around. She keeps me straight. Um, uh, brought her in. Uh, brought me in at the local roadhouse to do a tour of. I think it was hairspray was coming into town. Um, one of the one of the Broadway tours. And, um, I'm a rigger. So what that means is, um, uh, if you ever go to a concert or a play or anything like that, and you look up and you see all the lights and the speakers and the special effects and the, whatever is up hanging from the ceiling, me and my friends put it up there. So that's, that's the, the, one of the specialty skills that I have. And so when you're up on a grid up above the theater, you don't, carry things with you. So I didn't have my cell phone or my keys or my wallet or any of that stuff in my pockets or, and all my tools are tied off to me. So we can't drop anything because there's people working below you. You know, that would mm-hmm. be you know, mm-hmm. dropping a wrench from 60 feet in the air is hit, hitting somebody's pretty bad deal. Yeah. So that morning, this was very early in the morning. Yeah, it was early in the morning. Owen was still like asleep. Five was, o'clock, four or five o'clock in the morning or something I, like that. Yeah. It was, yeah, I don't remember exactly what time, but I was, I had just woken up, was starting my day. Owen was still asleep, and I get a phone call. I had the car, didn't I? Yeah, you had the car. Yeah, I had the car. Yeah. Um, we only had one car at the time. Yeah, I got a phone call from my sister-in-law, and um, Bryce's dad had just had a heart attack and was in the hospital, and they weren't sure if he was going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, she couldn't get a hold of Bryce, and I told her, "Well, leave a message, send him a text. You know, I'll try to get a hold of him as well." And he, he didn't make it. He passed away that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were trying to figure out 
how to get home to Utah, but he had this job interview. Well, I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was up on the grid. You actually had to come to the theater and talk to yeah, my but, boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah so get we, me down. We got him telling. down. Yeah. And I mean, but it, I mean, it didn't change the outcome. No, nope. We were in Southern Illinois. His parents were in Kaysville, Utah. Not that, you know, nothing we could do at that instance. So we started figuring out, found flights, the funeral, um, viewing was going to be Friday night. And Mm -hmm. so based on flights and what we could find, basically we decided he was going to still interview for the job. My, my mom and my family encouraged me to do it Mm -hmm. and just continue with the interview. I didn't even tell them that what had happened. Yeah. He, well, yeah. during the interview, he during the interview, I didn't, I didn't tell the people in St. Louis what had gone, what had gone on, but I drove up there on Wednesday or I, and then Jenny met me. I met, I picked him up Friday from, um, from or the, I drove you up or something we, like that. I yeah. Had the car. Anyway, but I picked him up from campus. We went and caught a flight home to Kaysville, made it in time for the viewing and then the funeral the next day. Um, and, but the long story in there is I got the job and I was, I was floored that I had gotten the job. (laughs) He doesn't remember a lot of the interview, Mm -hmm. but we felt afterwards when we were praying, whether or not, because he had to tell them whether he accepted the job before he could actually go interview anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And he he actually had a couple interviews lined up that we ended up canceling, but we both felt strongly that, he was supposed to go to St. Louis and that we were, were. yeah, we were supposed to go to St. Louis and I was supposed to teach at St. Louis university. And Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we also had a feeling that somehow his dad was up, up in heaven, pulling strings to help make it all happen because it was supposed (laughs) to happen. Right. I, it was not supposed, I didn't think it was going to happen. I was a wreck during that interview. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I look back at it now and the only thing I actually remember St. Louis university is a, as a Jesuit Catholic Jesuit college university. And mm-hmm. the only thing I remember was I had to have an interview with um, one of the Jesuit priests that was in our department. And that's the only thing I remember was the interview with talking to this Jesuit Jesuit father um, and just how kind he was. And I think he knew something was up, Yeah, but um, it, that's the only, I just remember, I remember the conversation that I had with him. I actually think I did tell him that my dad had just passed away four days ago. Um, and, uh, or three days ago. And, uh, um, that's the only thing I remember from that entire, um, interview. And I, like I said, I was a wreck, <laughs> but they gave me the job. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but. <laughs> so that, so that was in February of yeah. 2010 and we moved to St. Louis in August. Um, and things went, life went on. Life yeah. went on. We, after about a year and a half, we had, we had another, another kid. Yep. Mayland joined us. Um, Bryce was in, enjoying his work. He was, um, it was a smaller theater program, mm-hmm. but he was it kind is. of doing most of the backstage and, stuff. And St. Louis is a great town. It just overall, is just a really nice, fun town to be in. We just loved it. Um, good people out there. Uh, I had good students. I had good colleagues. Um, and the theater uh, world in St. Louis is just thriving at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had I had so much work, and Jenny had work, and I, I taught piano lessons, and yeah. we we were just enjoying living life. Um, Bryce got called to the young men's in our ward. Our ward there in St. Louis was an amazing ward. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it just just it, like you guys were still friends with some of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You pick up friends as you you move around. Yeah. Um, and then in January of 2013, so we've been there for about three years, um, almost two and a half years at this time. And I got a call from um, the the state young woman's president at the time. Uh, her name was Alyssa. And um, uh, she, it was known that I did theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. And whenever people ask me, it's like, what do you do? Oh, I do theater. And they automatically think I'm an actor. Right. <laughs> um, because that's all anybody sees. And I don't, I don't act. I have been in a grand total of five shows as an actor in my entire career. And I have done hundreds and hundreds of shows. But um, Alyssa called me and, and um, she goes, Brother Alan, we're doing this youth conference. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what do you need from me? And she's like, well, you know theater. And I went, yeah, I guess you could say that. And she goes, well, what we're doing is we're doing this thing that I'm that we're calling Moroni's Challenge. And I was like, whoa, what's that? I mean, is that Trek? Is that, what, what is this? <laughs> I never heard of it before. But what, what it was, what it is, is um, it's a Trek through the stories and the life and the characters and the people in the Book of Mormon. Um, and they were sort of, sort of a bit of a combination of the old, you remember the old road shows that we used to always do? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they needed some support for that because they were going to reenact, um, oh, 20 or so different key stories within the Book of Mormon using the youth. Um, and they needed somebody that understood how to stage productions, even if it was just a small thing for a youth conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they're like, can you, can you help us? And then I, I was a bit leery at first. It was like, well, you know, it's, I'm already really busy in the summers. Summers is what sometimes what we call make hay season. Cause there's lots of productions that go on and, you know, you're making, you're trying to make money for the, for the series. But as a teacher, as a university teacher, I, I didn't have work in the summers. I only worked when I wanted to in the summers. Um, mm-hmm. So I had the time and, you know, I, I, I went into it almost like when we went on our first date. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Jenny asked me on our first date. So I just tease her about it all the time. Oh. Just said, yeah. um, but uh, uh, that's a whole nother story for another time. Uh, the, uh, and so I, I went, I went and met with them at a, at a presidency meeting or something like that. And they had this, they had a whole script for it. They'd already done a script for it. And it was, it was an event. Like it was going to be an event. They have a three days, three full days, um, morning to night. Um, you know, we would have, um, you know, one or two or three reenactments. So like you would do the, uh, leaving Jerusalem and then going back for the plates and then, you know, that kind of thing. And then we'd stop Mm -hmm. and the youth were, it was a bit like Trek where the youth was, divided into the smaller groups, like these family groups, but we called them cities. Um, and each group was, had a city that was a city in the Book of Mormon named after them. And um, uh, they had a mayor and a mayor's wife instead of a mom and a pa. Um, and so we would do a couple of ring accidents and then we would go and play, go and have conversations about it. And there were activities, you know, we were planning on making boats to sail across to the new world. Um, we were, you know, they had the whole tree of life event at the end of the first day. Um, you know, the whole event of Christ visiting the Americas, the end of the second day, 
you know, on the whole events of Joseph Smith at the end of the third day, you know, so wow. uh, with Moroni and all of that. And so it was, uh, you know, lots of events. There were wars. Wars were fun. Doing wars. Were there rumors of wars? drew some foam swords and some plywood shields and let them whack each other to death. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But awesome. uh, so I was like, well, okay, what do you want me to do? Uh, what, what what we ended up doing is they needed help with the schedule and understanding how to do these productions and, and the technology and they needed a set and they needed some props and um, just some scheduling help. And that's what I agreed to do. And we had fun in the, and then we went on um, a couple of things that I thought was really cool about this. And Jenny remembers some of this was um, the, the stake leadership, like just gave us everything we needed. It was amazing. Like, um, not only did they just give us everything we needed, but it was uh, things that they did for us. Like, I, we went to a state meeting at, 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 the, at a state. It wasn't a state conference. It was before the state conference we had that spring. And uh, the state president, I remember the state president getting up. And I was, just, they called me as a youth specialist. So I wasn't in any of the presidency meetings, but I was there for, for, the, for the youth conference people. And he got, he, I remember he spoke to all of the auxiliaries in the stake, the Louis Society at the time, the high priests, the elders, the missionaries, everybody. And he goes, all of all of your organizations are now need to make sure that anytime you have an activity or you're you're doing some planning or you're doing some work, you all have to have involvement from the youth in some way. What yeah. services can you do to support the youth, to the <laughs> high priests, to the Louis Society, to the missionaries, to the temple people, everybody? And it was, and he basically said, do the youth. They are the most important thing in this stake. And he wasn't, he was right. You know, then at the next mm-hmm. state conference, he, he got up and he introduced this idea to the whole stake and said, okay, we're asking the youth to read the book of Mormon over the next three months. And a 90 read, day book, Mormon challenge. A 90 day book, Mormon challenge. We're asking the youth and we're asking all the adults in the ward or in the state to support the youth and do the challenge themselves. Nice. So they had the entire state trying to do a 90 day book of Mormon challenge in preparation of the youth going to this conference in, in early. So we we had, it was, it was amazing. This the spiritual power was amazing. And then uh, also at that conference, the the state conference that spring um, uh, elder Bednar was coming and oh, our state wow. president asked him if he would be willing to have a special session with just the youth. Um, and he agreed. And so we had this very special session with just the youth. The only, the only adults that were, were allowed to be there were the, were the leaders, youth leaders. Um, and uh, uh, I got, a, I was actually got to be there cause I was still in the young men's at, in our ward at the time. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. He just basically got up and Elder Bernard said, okay, okay, everybody, okay, kids, ask me anything you want. And that's what it was. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, and uh, so spirit and the support and the power that was behind this youth conference was almost all encompassing. Like every meeting we were at, um, ward level, stake level, the conference was brought up and how we were supporting it and what did we need and what did, what concerns were the, did the, um, 
uh, units have? Was there situations that we needed to change? What, you know, the whole thing of all of this. And, and what they had done, so they had the script, they assigned the different stories that were going to be acted out to the different wards and, and branches in the stake. So each, I think mm-hmm. our ward and another ward combined together and they had two or three stories that they were yeah, going to Yeah, because one of the wards out. didn't have a very large youth program at the time. And so, so okay. and, and as part yeah. of that, um, to help prevent stage fright, they were having Bryce go around with a, a audio recorder and record the dialogue. Yeah. So every, so all the dialogue was pre-recorded. So the kids wouldn't get up there and forget their lines. They would just get up there and act oh, out gotcha. and basically okay. lip sync mm-hmm. their, their yeah. performances. Just to try to make it easier for the, um, for the kids. Right. And things like that. Mm-hmm. And we had a, not only do we have great adult leaders, we had amazing youth leaders um, that, um, their, their whole goal for this conference was that they wanted to make sure that everybody felt the spirit from the youth council and that they had fun and that they could show that the feeling, the spirit didn't have to be the Sunday boring Sunday school lesson. It could be fun too. And, mm-hmm. um, so our, our, our kids, our, our youth were, were just powerhouses as well. Those, those kids were, I couldn't have done it without them at all. Wow. Um, but you know, so this was, so I got a call in January from that was, this all started for me in January and it took us about two months to get things going to where we were starting to send out the details to the ward leaders and the youth leaders in the wards and things like that. Um, and about that same time, they decided to release me from the young men's in the ward and call me to the young men's in the stake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what, that's where I was then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up doing a ward conference at one of the wards. Um, and they had had a, a state uh, leadership meeting with just the state presidency and the bishops. And they had came back with us for, with some lots of concerns. This was a big event. It was going to be lots of time and lots of energy and lots of leaders. We had about 150 kids or more plus 160, 160 something like that in our stake. Mm-hmm. And so this was a big undertaking to get a campsite big enough for all of these kids and um, the do the reenactments and plan all the activities in between and food and, and, you know, amenities and bathrooms and, you know, all, all the things that go into planning these large outdoor events. Um, and the state leaders were, were, were having trouble with uh, not only the length of it, but finding the right venue, finding the right venue, finding the, um, you know, it was just too much time off to, for people to take off work. Um, in early June, I think it was right around Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend, wasn't it? Memorial Day weekend was end of May. No. Yeah, yeah, because we did it May 30th. It was the first day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we had some we had some concerns. And I remember sitting down with the state presidency uh, as the guy in charge of the schedule. Um, and they said, all right, you have to take this full three-day event and cut it down to two days or a day and a half. And... Um, <laughs> For for anyone that understands oh. live production, you know yeah. when, when I do it when I do a play with with my students at the university, it takes us between three to six months to plan it and get going and to make it happen. To make it happen, um, right? And uh, to ask somebody to get to reschedule an entire event. Um, um, 
in a in an afternoon <laughs> is is difficult. Um, and I remember I, I sat through that meeting and I sat through a sacrament meeting after that the war we were in, and I just had a pencil out with the count with the calendar and schedule, and just started right trying to figure out what I could do, what I could do, what I, what can I do, what can I do, and I came up with two plans. Um, uh, what I called a plan A and plan B that cut it down to a day and a half, two days instead of three full days. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult, like really difficult to do that. I had a hard time. And um, my, uh, our leader, Alyssa, she also had a hard time. She's like, this isn't working. We can't, we can't do this. This isn't going to meet the goals that we have to get these kids, the testimonies that they need. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went home, we were really discouraged. I, yeah, I remember going home and just saying, I don't know, Jenny, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, we, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and you shared a scripture with me that, that I later shared with the group, but it was uh, about the, the uh, stripling warriors and their parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I got a call the next day from Alyssa. And basically the scripture yeah. was, well, my question for him was, okay, in order to get the stripling warriors with the testimonies that they had in order to be, you know, the example that they are to us now, um, who were their parents? Who were the people teaching and guiding them? Mm-hmm. And what did the, and what lead, were they like? Yeah. What were they like? And we found a scripture that talked about the testimonies of the anti-Lehi's, the people of Ammon, and and yeah, the testimonies that they had and what they were willing to do for their testimonies. And that was the type of, those were the parents that raised the 2000 strip, stripping warriors. Right. And, you know, I thought a lot about it. It was, it was hard. Like we, um, we had worked so hard for this. Um, we knew that it was just not going to be what we needed it to be. Um, uh, but we didn't want to like put people out. We wanted to make sure we were following our, our leadership. You know, we wanted to make sure uh, that people didn't take more time than they could off work so they could support their families. We wanted to make sure the youth, we didn't just turn this into like a two day long Sunday school class. Right. You know, we wanted to make sure that the kids had time to internalize, to listen to the spirit, to, to have fun to play kids need to play even you know you talk about these older kids you know these are kids you know 14 to 18 years old they still need to play heck yep i'm 43 years old and i still like to play (laughs) (laughs) but um and then you know we sat on it for a day or so and then i got a call one morning um or actually it was an evening it was an evening from uh sister sister massey or our leader and she had an inspiration and she talked to me about this inspiration that she had had because uh, she she just had the faith. She just had it. And it was this little miracle of, I want you to look at it because the point is that we, the biggest point was we couldn't have anyone take off work on Thursday. So this was going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event, but we couldn't have anybody take off work on Thursday. So um, she had this idea and she ran it by me and she goes, can you put put a schedule together that reflects a two and a half day event where we didn't start anything until Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, okay, let me figure that out. Let me look at it. And I remember I sat down at the kitchen table there at our house in St. Louis and, um, uh, it had taken me two days to work up those other two plan A's and plan B's. I had plan C done in 15 minutes. Wow. And 
just because it was right. There was no block. It was just right. And I called her back and I said, I've got it. I'm sending it. I'm sending it off to you. I'm going to send it to the leaders and let's talk about it. And so we ended up, we ended up talking about it at another, another meeting. We ended up talking about it. We brought it up. Alyssa just with her sheer faith and determination um, made it happen. And that's where we went through. We went, move forward. Um, That was probably one of the first like obvious miracles that I witnessed from that was just the fact that having fought it for about two or three days and be able to sit down at a table with a pen and a paper and fix it in 15 minutes. Right. That was, um, that, that was one of the first times I went, Oh, wow. That's usually doesn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, yeah. so at that point they moved forward, they got the set built, they brought in some youth to help like paint the scenery. Um, they had found a scout camp. Um, yeah. That had a nice amphitheater with a concrete pad that we could um, put the set on. We made props and costumes and I did all the recordings and all the edit, um, video editing. And I had um, my colleagues from St. Louis that allowed me to borrow some equipment from the theater that I worked at there. So we could have some lights and some sound. So it wasn't just, um, you know, a, a set. I, we, we, I put, we put some time into it. The state and the youth put some time into it. It made it look really nice. Like we have some pictures that we can send um, um, of, what it, of like. what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the week before, actually even just a couple days before the conference and we had arranged um, childcare for our kids so I could go and help them because we didn't want to pull from the youth helped build it, but we didn't want to pull from the youth to help run it because they needed to be able to experience it. Yeah. And so I went to be his stagehand. <laughs> to be his stagehand <laughs> and to help him out. Um, but anyway, so a couple days before the weather forecast came in and they were scheduling thunderstorms and rainstorms. Oh, Tornadoes. Yeah. Oh, potential severe, you know, Midwest. Holy cow. Severe weather. And so they happened to have at the scout camp, a large covered pavilion where instead of setting out in an outdoor amphitheater, we could actually, there was a set room up in for this us. lodge. It was a, the lodge. Yeah. That yeah. we could set up our set and there was room for us to, to make everything happen. And Inside was, instead of in the amphitheater mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. And they had, they had space down in the basement. And anyway, so basically they, they went from having all the youth camp on site to they um because they were planning on camping in their wards anyway so what they did is they said okay bishops are you willing to open up your homes and so the kids were going to go and actually stay at their bishop's home every every night and instead of camping because of the the weather yeah yeah the weather just was not conducive so that actually meant that when they got there thursday they didn't have to set up camp they had more time because they didn't have to set up camp, they could go and they could actually come and go. And the and the 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 scout camp wasn't too far from from most people. Mm-hmm. So it was it fairly central for our stake. So yeah, we, I mean, it, you know, it was a little bit of a drive, but not not too bad. Um, there was a big grassy field um, just to the west of the, the pavilion where they mm-hmm. could do their outdoor activities. So it just the venue made it all possible as well, like the venue that they. Arranged. Again, this was a change that happened in an hour. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally, it's like okay, we can't do.
do this and, you know. I mean, luckily I have spent many, many, many years designing scenery that can be transported and set up in many different areas, especially with my work with the Utah Festival Opera and a few other companies that we do that do summer stock and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was again, this, but it just happened. It just worked. We had all the hands I needed. We got it put together and we got it up and we were running through the first night. We're running through the first night and there had been storms off and on. Mm-hmm. And they had their first battle scheduled to go to happen out on the. Actually, no, it wasn't the battle. It was the ship building. The ship building thing, yeah. They had like a relay race or something with the cardboard ships to have them come <laughs> across the the grass. And the rain stopped. The rain stopped, and they sun were came able, out. The sun came out, oh, yeah. and they were able to go out. And because the whole time, the leaders here, you know, the youth. They have a rough, you know, itinerary, but mm-hmm. they don't really know what's going, you know, where they're going to be and all this. And the rest of us are sitting back there because basically we were there to just help make the event happen. Mm-hmm. We weren't assigned to a group. You know, yeah. We weren't going anywhere with you. Right. We were literally just there to help make the event happen. And yeah, we watched as, okay, they have 10 minutes left before they're supposed to go do this outside. And the rain stops. <laughs> and so they were able and to then go. when we come back inside the rain starts you know it's it, it was it was absolutely miraculous how that how it worked and the same the next day was the same we had to i remember they all went we had a, i had about ten thousand dollars worth of gear there mm-hmm. oh. and we, everybody had left but I was like, I can't leave that there unguarded. So we ended up sleeping on an air mattress. Yeah, Jenny so we camped I, out right in the middle, right in the middle of the, of the set. Wow! <laughs> <Aww. laughs> the only, wow. The only <laughs> people on the entire property just <laughs> <laughs> because we, yeah, we weren't going to leave it, you know, unsupervised. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, the next day was the same thing. We had rainstorms off and on throughout the the whole day, but every time they had a battle scheduled, or we had any other thing, or that- they any outdoor event. The rain would stop. The sun would come out. And this was, you know, as he had put together the schedule, he had the times on the schedule. He had no way of knowing when it was going to be raining or not. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Heavenly Father did. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah. And yeah. So and for me, it, it, it was just me doing my job. And I've done hundreds of shows and it was just me doing my job. But Mm hmm. That's that's one of those things where I look at look at it in you know hindsight, and I go, you know this 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 couldn't have all been me. I mean, yeah. I've done gigantic productions, um, you know, and this was a very small uh, as things go. It was one of the smallest productions I've ever done, and uh, it's still you know really complex. But it was I, I just looked at it and go, how could we work this that just worked and it just did. And that was nothing I did. It was all up to Heavenly Father mm-hmm. working through the education and the talents that he gave us. Mm-hmm. And the culmination in my, in my opinion. Yeah, happened. this was, so the first day we ended at um, the tree of life, we had a whole tree of life event that, that evening, that Thursday evening. And then Friday okay. during the day, we had a lot of the wars and started with, uh, with Aaron and Alma and, and all of that. And we ended with the events of third Nephi on, on um, Friday night. And, and I'm going to let Jenny take care of this. Cause she's the one that, that 
really saw a lot of this. So there were, there were a couple things going, what once again, from, from behind the scenes. Um, we had had problems with our microphones the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like and some of the lighting too. Yeah. The the speakers had worked, so the recorded dialogue was great. But anytime we tried to use a microphone for any live sound, it hadn't worked the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, we just couldn't figure out the connections. It just wasn't working, and so we had a sound. could have been the weather. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a microphone issue. Um, also. Leading up to Third Nephi, Bryce had actually spent a long time putting together this whole soundscape um, of you know thunderstorms, thunder you know with and, timed lights for the lightning. And we had a, a gentleman coming in from um, Arizona. Arizona who had portrayed Christ in some of the church videos already of the time, mm. and yeah. he he was literally flying in that afternoon coming to portray Christ in third Nephi for us. Then he was going to catch a plane that night and fly home. He wasn't even staying the night. Like he came and left. (laughs) And we were worried that his plane was going to get delayed because of the, the storms. Yeah. Right. Right. But, and, and the youth didn't know like any of that. Yeah. Not even the youth council. Yeah. Not even the youth council knew. They just knew that someone was coming to portray Christ. And, um, Anyway, so as as this is coming up, um, the the stake youth leaders are picking up this gentleman from from the airport and, and bringing him out to the to the scout camp. We're doing our thing. The storms are blowing in, um, and literally as we hit Third Nephi, the tornado sirens started going off. There were storms, thunder, <laughs> lightning. Oh no! All the youth, literally, it was like okay, everyone down in the basement. You know, of this, of this, this large, scout lodge. It was a pretty large basement, but there's a, you know, yeah, almost so, 200 people down there. Yeah, so 200 <laughs> people down in this basement during, you know, while the thunder, lightning, tornado sirens, um, they take these down in the basement. Um, Our gentleman came, got, got well, here. They got here. They got him in yeah. costume. We were getting him ready upstairs. Meanwhile, they had already planned on having, during the soundscape, having all the kids, well, basically, you know, turn off all the lights, have the darkness, have the, have all that, but, and then having the kids just be quiet, mm-hmm. you know, 160 mm-hmm. teenagers asking yeah. them to be quiet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's always an adventure. But anyway, so they had them down in the basement. They did, they sang some songs some hymns and stuff to, because there were some literal, you know, scared teenagers down there, like, there's a tornado coming our way. <laughs> right. It, it missed us. Um, yeah. we're, we're still here. If we, we didn't get, <laughs> we didn't get hit. But, um, at the last possible minute. But yeah. So basically, we're getting things ready upstairs. They had the youth downstairs. I went up onto the tower of the set because I was going to be running the spotlight. And um, I was running the sound and the rest of the lights. Mm-hmm. And they get the kids. Well, it, it calms down. It, it calms down. and it's, The weather clears up again. I didn't have to a, use my soundscape that I was going to create. We had it. Yeah. <laughs> natural, wow. natural soundscape. Na- natural soundscape. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even push play. <laughs> um, the kids come up from the youth, and they're silent. They're completely silent. There had been enough of a feeling already of the spirit that was there of, okay, Heavenly Father's in this storm. The storm is mm-hmm. here for us. 
And so they come up and they get them all settled down, sitting down. And our, um, our actor comes out portraying Christ and I turn on the microphone and it works. Oh, wow. It hasn't worked. Wow. The entire it works time. Fine. <laughs> we weren't sure if it was even worth using, using it, but we're like, Oh, we want everyone to hear. We'll try. And so they turn on the microphone. It works, works the entire time he was there. And then it wouldn't work any of the rest of the time, wow. <laughs> but it worked the whole time he was using it. And he, he spoke some of the words that Christ spake in third Nephi. Um, I had the spotlight shining on him. I was up above watching it from up above. And then the plan was for him to go and kind of do a small, you know, walk partially through the crowd, interact with a few of the kids and then leave because he had to go catch a plane. Mm -hmm. Um, On his own. On his own, completely unprompted by anybody. He ended up going through and shaking hands, hugging, speaking to, interacting in some way with every single youth that was there. All 160 of them. I was up behind the spotlight, drenched in sweat because, I mean, lots of humidity, Midwest humidity. <laughs> yeah. right. um, spotlights are not, um, not cool. Very bright. It's a thousand watts. Yeah. (laughs) 850 to a thousand watts. And so I'm shining this light on him the whole time as he's, as he's going through. And he was about two hours, a little less than two hours, a little less than two hours. And he interacted with every single youth. And there was just a spirit and a silence and a power. And they weren't talking. 160 youth, not a word. They all waited for their turn. They waited their turn. And that whole room, I've never felt the spirit that strong. Just the love of Christ. Like I am literally in tears. Like I am not even there, and I could feel it. It's okay. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I was sitting at the at the control booth, and I was watching Jenny, and I could tell she was just in tears. (laughs) And you know, from across the stage, I was in the back of the room, and the people, the leaders sitting around me, were just in tears. Everybody was just in tears, just feeling how powerful this was for these kids, for these kids. And um, you know, he finished his job, he sent home, he made his flight, (laughs) so he got home. And I remember there was this one boy that came up to me as we were wrapping up that night. He said, is, is the guy that played Christ still here? And I said, unfortunately he's not, he had to go. And it was one of the hardest things I had to say to that young man was because he, like, he just needed him there. And I was like, I'm sorry, the man is not here, but the spirit is, you can still be there. And I don't know whatever happened to that. He was from a different unit and I don't know his name. I just remember very vividly the look of despair on his face that he just wanted that spirit again when I said that man wasn't here, but Um, you know, took him aside, helped him out. But yeah. So yeah, we wrapped up the last day. Once again, storms and went on schedule. Yeah. Um, We took everything down. Nobody got hurt. Everybody had a great time and it was all because of the faith 
and the sheer determination of Alyssa Massey, our our state young women's president. Well, I also think it was the focus of the state presidency and the focus of the entire state. Focused on their kids. Focused on their youth and getting them ready for this youth conference. Allowing them to come for those that sacrifice the time to be able to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I remember saying before the event happened, I was talking to a few people. Um, I've done hundreds of shows, even even before this. This was a number of years ago. Um, I worked on hundreds and hundreds of productions. And it's the it is the dream of every artist. And that's what I am. I'm an artist that they have their art change somebody's life. Yeah. And um, uh, that is the only production I have ever done out of the hundreds that I've done uh, that I know changed someone's life. And it was also one of the simplest, one of the smallest in scale. It wasn't grand. Mm -hmm. It wasn't gigantic. It wasn't pizzazz. It was this simple, small set with a simple, technology, a few lights, a few speakers, a few microphones, a few props. And that was it. And it is the most important production I've ever done out of the hundreds that I've done. And um, I don't know how that has affected the people that were there. And I don't think I'll ever know, but that's, I know it did. And that's enough for me. And we do know that of the youth from our ward that were there, all the young men serve missions. And most of the young and men. And most of the young women. How cool is that? That you know? is amazing. So who knows how influential that, you know, they get their testimony of the Book of Mormon at this cruise conference, went on their missions. I have no idea how many people they brought into the gospel because of it. I'm probably never going to know. But it was... It was at one of the, those, again, this was all in hindsight. We didn't really see it at the moment, mm-hmm. um, right. except for the fact that we knew this was going to be a, a big thing. All of us in the leadership knew this was going to change the lives of the people, the kids that we were working with. But we never dreamed it would be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think it would be as big as it was. Didn't even come into our minds. And just so. and then soon thereafter, we actually, after after doing this, because it was our our third year in St. Louis, that fall, we ended up applying for and on a, on a on a whim. I applied for the position at Weber State, where I came to meet you guys, and I got the job, and we left St. Louis. So um, we felt like that that was what I was we were there. To be there. I got the job at SLU. We moved to St. Louis. If we did all of that just because the Lord needed Jenny and I there with the people that were already there to do that youth conference for that, for that youth. Maybe it was that, that young man that came up and talked to me afterwards. Maybe it was just for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I can tell you guys. Just look at all of these amazing miracles that happens yeah. when you just do daily life. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can I can tell you guys, you need to give yourself some credit because I remember, Jenny, the the girls camp that you were director over. And we had some some crazy stuff happen when Callie and I got stuck on that that um 
What was the rope course thing? You remember yeah. that? Oh, I remember that. Yes. And it was, uh-huh. yeah, Bryce, you were there too, actually. <laughs> and it was terrifying, but it was one of the most spiritually um, impactful moments that I was able to have with the youth. And I, I think about that and I think about like how neat it is that you guys are willing to serve for one, but that you take your, your, whatever, uh, whatever capacity of serving you're doing, whether it was calling or if it was even just a volunteer thing for, you know, one random activity, um, you guys take it so seriously, even when, you know, Jenny, you were sharing scriptures beforehand with Bryce and just kind of trying to give him a perspective of like, what's the most important thing? What do we need to focus on? You know, I really, really love that. And, and I love how I just feel like the youth activities are so divinely inspired. You know, when we think about youth conferences and FSY and camp and Trek and all of these activities, I just think they're, I I know for me as a teenager, they were, they were some of the things that solidified so much of my testimony, you Mm -hmm. know, that I, I look back, I've, I've forgotten a lot of activities that I've had in other areas and relief society and things like that. But holy cow, do I remember the youth activities? I just think it's Mm -hmm. awesome that you guys were like willing to be there and to, to give of your time and your talents and your energy and, and to work cohesively together and to like consider everybody else and. I don't know. Um, Working with the youth is, we had, I mean, we both got to work with the youth there in Ogden as well and had opportunities. Yeah, you were in the Young Women's Presidency and I was was a head councilman assigned to the young women at the time. I wasn't in the Young Women's Presidency. I was just the camp director. You were just camp director? Is that what it was? Yeah. You were (laughs) the camp director. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we did two girls camp. We did two girls camps that summer because that's what Heavenly Father told me to do. Yep. (laughs) But, um, But also... Yeah, the summer that we were Trek Mom Pa for Clarissa, we we had been kind of the backup Mom Pa. Like mm-hmm. they had other people. They asked us. We got the the call two weeks before oh. Trek saying we need you as Mom Pa. Can you do it? Wow! And so we we did it because that's what Heavenly Father asked us to do, and that's kind of been our. Before we left Utah in the first place, um, when we were praying to know what we were supposed to do, I was terrified to leave home. Bryce had already been on a mission. He'd already left Utah for a couple of years. But I I was afraid. Like, my whole family, my whole life was there. And as I was praying, I very – it's the one time that I I feel like I felt words as an answer to prayer. And I felt – I heard Heavenly Father tell me that, if you go and you do, if you follow my guidance, if you do what I ask you to do, I will never leave you alone. Mm. And he has, I've, I've seen that. Whether we were in Illinois, whether we were in Missouri, our time in Ogden, already our two years here, we moved here to Lincoln, Nebraska, I was put in the Relief Society presidency two weeks after we moved here. And that was like, I don't know anybody. How am I supposed to do this? But through through my faith in Heavenly Father, he's made it all possible. And he guides me and he helps me fulfill my callings. And he helps me to serve and do what I know I, what I, know I need to do. But sometimes knowing and knowing that I need to do it and knowing how to do it are two completely different things. 
but it's just one of those things where whether you not you realize it or not, you know, if you're living the life that you should, you're trying to do your best, you're you're using the atonement on a daily basis, you're um, uh, just trying to be your average Joe guy or girl or whomever, those miracles will happen. And you may not notice it until years later, but, you know, just the minor miracles of where, how we met, you know, where we went to school after we got married, where, where our careers led us, all of those little bits and pieces years and years and years before this state, this, you know, youth conference happened that led, put us on those, those, those tracks to get there when it needed, when we needed to be there. And Heavenly Father will make sure that you are where you need to be when you need to be there. If you're following him. Yeah. What an interesting thought, Bryce, you know, like when I was the Bishop, I always was mindful of the time because I knew that we were only going to be there. I mean, five years is a long time, but (laughs) it felt like, it was just going to be such a short amount of time and we had to really make it count. Like it, I always thought that in the back of my mind, because the only thing that changes is time, right? Like yeah. it's never going to stay the same. And for all of those people at any point in time in your life, for, for the people that are around you at that moment, you can do, I mean, sometimes people come together f- for reasons we don't know, but God knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I feel like if we're always just willing to show up and just be there for God, he's going to make amazing things happen like he did with you guys in St. Louis, yeah. right? And I'm sure I, that's happening throughout the rest of your life, and it will continue to happen as long as you continue to show up. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and have the faith. You have to not – you show up, and then you put one foot forward. And the next right. forward, I mean, yeah, I mean, the hymn "We Kindly Light" has been, I feel like, kind of a theme song <laughs> for my life. Where it's like, okay, sometimes all I, I have to have faith enough to just be able to move forward, only seeing that one step ahead, mm-hmm. and know that Heavenly Father is guiding me and leading me where I need to go. And you may not figure that out until years and years and years later. Yeah. Um, You know, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, even about that youth conference, we didn't really figure it out until years later. You know, now a lot of those kids, um, I'm still in touch with a lot of them um, through social media and stuff. A lot of them are now getting married. Most of them are getting married in the temple. You know, they're starting their own their own families. And I couldn't be prouder of those kids. Mm -hmm. Those are awesome kids. And the youths in our perspective areas right now. They're awesome kids. They are stronger than people ever believe. Um, I've spent most of my church callings working with the youth. Um, to this day, I still wear uh, a young men's duty to God badge. And um, when I was serving as a high councilman in, in, in Ogden for the young women, um, they gave me a, a young women's torch pin to wear on my lapel. I wear them both all the time um, because... They, the youth are the most important piece. Just most important people that we have in our in our in our church. We have to teach them. We have to take care of them, and yeah. they'll take care of us because they're just yeah. that great. They really they're a chosen are. generation. So, yeah. 
Oh, wow. You know, I just, I'm, I'm all teary eyed today, but it's, it's great because it's making me think of, um, we just had FSY here. And so my boys went to it and stuff. And, um, and my oldest, he, I love it because when we talk, which is not very often because a lot of times he's just, he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to me. <laughs> We've <laughs> got one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but usually when we talk, if even if we get into a deep conversation, it's usually not a spiritual conversation. It's very like, like logical with Jack, you know, and he got back from FSY and he, he was asked to speak in church and to just kind of share about his experiences and stuff. And so as we were talking, he starts telling me about, you know, the testimony meeting and just how everyone was crying, including himself. And then he got up and he, and he shared some of the things that he had shared in his testimony with me. And it was, it was like this, this moment where I just thought, oh, like my son is so much stronger than I thought he was, you know? And and it really showed me that they're, they're listening. Our youth are listening. They are watching. They are taking things in. We may not see it. We may not feel it all the time. And, and maybe sometimes they don't even understand how much they're learning. But when you get to put them in a position where the focus is their testimony and their growth and their progress, and it's not about what the adults want, but it's about how can we better them? You know, how can we help them to build a relationship with Jesus Christ and to know their purpose in this world and, and to understand where their testimonies are? I think that all of a sudden, all those lessons that they've held are it gives them permission to like let them out and to look at them and to be like, Oh, there's my testimony. This is, this is what, you know, (laughs) what I've been building my whole life. And I didn't realize it until this moment. And I just, I love so much that, that the church has all of these amazing opportunities to push our youth outside of their comfort zone, maybe even to irritate them a little bit by, (laughs) by being like, you know, I like one of the things they made a rule, no slow dancing at this FSY. And of course I was like, what? Cause I was just a big old flirt when I was a teenager. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I empathize. My 14 year old was like, mom, <laughs> he was really upset. Um, but in hearing the feedback and knowing, you know what, that's not even what it was about. They still got to have fun. They still got to build relationships. And most importantly, they were able to have an opportunity to, to share their testimony and to recognize their own testimony. Yeah. Our, our son, our 15 year old son just got back Saturday, yesterday Mm -hmm. from his youth conference. And I, I I was down there this morning and I asked him a question. I was like, cause I I asked him, okay, kid, kid, what what did you learn? And he, he stops and he thinks about it for a second and goes, you know, it's not necessarily what I learned. It was more what I felt. Yeah. And I went, Good kid. <laughs> you figured it out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that exactly. makes sense. So, you know, you know, just like your, your son, our son is not exactly the most open person in the world, yeah. but, um, but he's a good kid and mm-hmm. all of our kids are good kids. And um, like I said before, they are the most important people in the church mm-hmm. um, by far. And I have lived, we both have lived our lives to try to do whatever we can for them. Mm-hmm. so yeah you, know, you can't you you can't stop as a teacher i'm a teacher you can't stop people from learning they're they will learn no matter what you do yeah. the point is as parents as teachers is to guide that guide learning. that learning so that they're learning what they need to learn yeah yeah so. for sure well and they're they they have a lot of 
a lot of crap that they have to deal with that we didn't, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. never had to, right? Yep. Oh man, it's hard, but, but it is really cool to see them shine through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are really strong and God really did prepare them for today. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you guys have any last thoughts or, or comments before we wrap things up? I think we've covered just about everything. Just, I mean, it's been an interesting path that, you know, and, you know, I always talk about, you know, uh, how our, our journeys are are going and um, it's always, it's always a, a good thing in my heart when we get to cross paths again. And it's been great to be able to cross paths with you guys again mm-hmm, um, yeah. from, from yeah. Ogden to wherever we are now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fun to see you guys again and just to get to have a, another conversation like we did in while we were in Ogden, just well, crossing our journeys and, yeah, and totally. hopefully we'll be able to cross again sometime. <laughs> For sure. Yep. <laughs> Alicia, did you want to, did you want to say something there? Well, I was going to ask you guys, um, cause you guys, you guys have always stood out as one of those couples that just really like love and respect each other. And I know that's going to sound crazy, but, <laughs> but like, I've always looked at you like, like you guys deserve your own TV show. <laughs> really? No, <laughs> I do not. I am not an actor. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be all candid. It's totally fine. Oh, for okay. You don't have to prepare any lines or nothing. <laughs> no, but I, I've always thought about that. And I thought, oh, I wonder if this is part of the reason why. So I just wanted to ask you like. How has serving together with the youth, even though, you know, sometimes it's a calling, sometimes it's not like, how has that helped you guys in your relationship and, and as parents? That's an interesting question. I think it's helped us focus on, I mean, obviously we have good days, we have bad days as parents, but (sighs) I think being able to try to focus on opportunities for our own kids and help encourage them. Um, just um, we, before last, our activity days group um, took the senior primary kids um, up to Omaha to the temple grounds. So they went to the um, winter quarters temple, the winter quarters temple up in Omaha. And there's a, um, a visitor center across the street where they talk about the Mormon trail center and, you know, that the timing, um, they're in council bluffs and winter quarters before starting across the plains. And, um, our 11 year old, we, we have two girls that are that age, our eight year old, I went with her and, um, but our 11 year old had a, a different camp that she was scheduled to go to. And she was in tears the night before. She's like, mom, I didn't realize what I was saying yes to when I said to go to this camp, because I know that the temple's important and I want to go to the temple tomorrow. And I told her, well, sweetheart, we've, we committed to this. It was a theater camp and she had to be there to learn her lines, learn her part to be able to be part of the performance. Yeah. We're a theater family. Yeah. (laughs) And um, we felt strong. I felt strongly in talking to Bryce. He supported the thought that, this time she needs to go to the camp because we made that commitment. Mm -hmm. But then I also told her, I will take you to the temple. Like, I know you want to go to the temple and your, your desire to go, I can see how strong it is. Mm -hmm. And so yesterday she and I, we had a girl's afternoon. We went up to Omaha 
And um, we, we took a couple of hours and we went to the visitor center and we went to the temple. And afterward, just before we left, she gave me a big hug and said, mom, thank you for bringing me to the temple. And thanks for realizing that I needed to come here without all my friends. Cause I wouldn't have actually felt the spirit with all my friends here. I would have been playing with my friends and, and she's, she's so excited. She, um, she's like, okay, I'll be old enough in January to go to baptisms. Can I, can I sketch a little appointment now? It's like, no, we have to wait a little bit longer. We have to get the recommend first, but it's just seeing her desire and being able to help guide her and help her find the desire to want to go. And even our teenager, I mean, he's, it's hard to sometimes gauge how he's feeling and how he's interacting. Yeah. But we've had early morning seminary here at six o'clock every morning. We live two blocks from the church. So I he wake walks. him, I wake him up and he walks to seminary. <laughs> we go back to bed. And, yeah, <laughs> and he's, he goes, he gets up every morning. He goes to seminary every morning. And that's with me just poking him and saying, okay, get up. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. I don't have to drive him. I don't have to sit and wait for him. Um, and not only that, but his friends, the people he invites over on the weekends are his friends from seminary. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that he he's chatting with on his phone and that come over and, but I think- and play at our house. And developing these relationships, well, these gospel-centered relationships and desires to make our focus the temple, make our focus building our testimonies and service. That was the, that's another big thing. How do we help? And I think to answer another question of yours, uh, Alicia, Jenny and I, yeah, we're, we're like any other normal couple. We have our ups and our downs and our days where we're, you know, angry at each other and, and where, you know, maybe I didn't do something right around the house or Jenny forgot to do something or, you know, whatever we have, like, like every couple, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary in December. Wow. Um, awesome. But I, I think the, the biggest thing is that we just try to serve each other. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, check in. Are you okay? What can I do? And, and we've been, we've been blessed I actually, I'm with my accounting degree. I, I'm a bookkeeper for a uh, live entertainment crewing company. It's actually it's located in Boise, but um, I'm able to work remotely. But we both work in the arts, mm-hmm. and we both see the ups and downs of that. It's not an easy career <laughs> of of that so. industry. It's yeah. a hard industry to be in, but we support each other, and. I know what he does for a living and he knows what I do for a living. Not all couples actually know to the same level, but part yeah, of no, it is, I have no idea what John does, <laughs> and, but it's because I know something, but I, I don't know. Yeah. We work together and we help each other in yeah. all aspects of our you life. Know, we're, we're both the oldest in our families. I'm the oldest of five kids and Jenny's the oldest of eight. Oh. And so when we got married, you know, we were the first, kids in both of our families to get married, you know, you know, and, um, and so we really, there was no, besides our own parents, there was no like example of how to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we couldn't, we couldn't follow example of our, of our brothers or our sisters or, you know, just, just our own parents. And then we actually ended up spending a lot of time 
away from home. You know, we moved up to Logan and then we moved out to Illinois and, um, and we really had to learn as newlyweds to rely on each other and to serve each other and to help each other as best we could. Cause it was just us. <laughs> and, um, and I love my Jenny. I love you. I love you too. I love you guys too. We love you too. Yeah. Oh, we want to be part of that. I know. <laughs> oh, it's been awesome having you guys on the show. Yeah. And yeah, what sure. a cool story. I I love that. I, God can make amazing things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Just on an everyday minute by minute. It's it's there. Yeah. He's planned it all. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, he he knew when he knew when it was going to be raining and when it wasn't. I didn't. Yeah, I'm not a weatherman. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you can um, make it rain, probably. Yes, I do know how to make it rain indoors. That that is <laughs> one thing that I do actually know how to do. Um, wow, I I know weird things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I know weird things? <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you guys again for coming out and for sharing your story. And, you know, I, I really love the fact that, um, in the, in like, before we started recording, you were like, you know, it's not, it's not like some of the other stories, like the big stories that you've had in here, but, but it's such a, such a beautiful story. And it's something that definitely has just helped my own testimony. And I, I know that it's going to help a lot of the people who are hearing, um, your story on this episode and stuff like that. It'll, it'll help them to feel the spirit and, And so I just, I want to encourage our listeners who are out there, guys, if you have a story to share, something that helped build your testimony, don't be afraid that it's not big enough or, you know what I mean? That that it's not tragic enough or funny enough or whatever. Like your story is enough. And Scott and I would love, love, love to have you guys reach out and to let us know what your story is to see if we can have you on as a guest um, on Latter-day Lights and to be able to spread that light. But in regards to Bryce and Jenny, if you guys would just make sure that you leave a little comment for them, let them know, you know, what your favorite part was um, and how it might've inspired you. That would be fantastic. And of course, do your five second missionary work and hit that share button because we would definitely love to have more people here all about these experiences and these miracles. Yeah, I, yeah, I have stage fright, so, so don't, <laughs> don't share too much. <laughs> too late. No. I have two degrees in theater and I have stage fright. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Been doing this for 20 years. Oh, <laughs> almost, almost 20 years. More than 20. Well, well, thank you so much, again, guys. guys. This was great to yeah. see you guys again. Yeah. Hope your families are doing well. Yeah, really do. They are. So. <laughs> cool. Well... For those of you that are watching, thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week when we'll have another story to share. So till then, take care and we'll see you then. See ya. Bye.